0: We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ancrum, Cole, El Elmecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. All right, give it up one more time for Hell Heaven and the Blue Notes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, ain't nobody trying to see you, Otis. <laughs> All right. Man. So so guys, right now, if you could take out your phones, if you have a Twitter account, please pull it up. If you don't have a Twitter account, <laughs> get please one. make one. Yeah, right now. We're going to give you time. Just, okay. <laughs> In this day and age, uh, we gotta definitely make sure that we're uh, using and activating social media. If you have a live stream on Facebook, if you wanna pull it out right now, you wanna live stream this show, um, please feel free. We're gonna give you time to do that. If you are on Twitter, please follow us at 8BlackHands1. How many people are following us on Twitter? You can, you can be honest. All right, so we're going to get 150 more followers today. That is amazing, amazing, amazing. All right, the first thing we want to do is we want to shout out the Parent Power 2020 conference. The energy in this room is amazing, and we are thankful to be here. Give yourselves a round of applause. We're gonna call this show the Agentic AF Show. Agentic AF. You make AF be whatever you want it to be. I'm more so on the side of Abercrombie and Fitch, but you do what you need to do with it. So fellas, how are we doing today? Charles, how you doing, sir? I'm good, man, I'm
1: happy to be here. This has been amazing. Uh, Can you all just clap it up for the people that organized and put this together? This is one of the best conferences. And nicest that I've been to. I thought somebody like robbed my room or they double booked me with somebody when I went in. There was a bag in the room. <laughs> so uh, that was just really that was a really nice touch, man. This has been really good.
2: Yeah, Charles doesn't get out much. <laughs> and he really does.
0: Reef, how you yeah. doing, sir?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm feeling great. It is so good to be here. When I when I look up, you know, I got in like with my mother one this morning, right? And so wait, hope You brought who? I bought Mama Bear, Mama Cub, Mama Panther, Mama, yeah. Mama Everything. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out, <All> right? <laughs> yeah. Aisha meki the tree that, that bore us and, and four other siblings, as well as just people in the community. So many to count. So proud. This is our first time actually traveling to an Ed conference outside of you know what we would do in Philly. So really excited and appreciative of National Parent union and this conference and the the work that it's doing. So she doesn't go to these type of conferences often, but she said, I want to be there. And when I look across this room, it it actually reminds me like the original, not Jesse Jackson's version, the original Rainbow Coalition, right? Like Fred Hampton's work and just the cross sectors and the people. you know, just being connected and and stuff. And so you guys look great, you sound great, and you're doing great work. And so I'm honored to be here amongst you. Mm -hmm. So was that an
0: introduction or was that chapter one, two, and three?
2: (laughs) It was an an intro.
0: Hi, good morning. (laughs) Chris Stewart.
3: Um, I'm just so proud to look out and see all this. I mean, it takes work to make this sort of thing happen. I mean, you spend months. You don't know how it's gonna, you know, come off. You don't know who's gonna show up. You don't know what it's gonna be. And some of us are cynical. We've been to a lot of these. We've been around a little bit, and so we have our own thinking. This this beats all expectations, right? Like this is this is beyond. Like I have been so desirous of parents to have a space where they are the central. Figure. Like, it's just about parents. It's not about somebody telling parents what to do. It's not about trying to indoctrinate anybody or, hey, come and be the help. No. Um, I love this. And it took a lot of work to do this. So I just actually want to shout out my sisters who put this together, because you guys are above and beyond, right? Like, you have outdone yourselves with this. Really outdone yourselves. Um, I've never, I love you guys, but I've never had so much love for you as I do right now because you have really done some damn good work.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) All right, so today's show's objective, right? Because we want to walk you through this and want to make sure that we learn you today. So the objective is how can we define and create agentic AF change agents that change the game for parents? So theme one, because there's levels to this. Why is Parent 2020 so crucial, fellas? Start with Mr. Elmecki. Yeah.
2: I mean, the reason why I think parent because one, two reasons. One, people are always creating this narrative about parents, particularly black and Latino parents, right? Like that they are not involved, they that care. they don't care. Right. And so like they're they create that for a reason. They know very differently. They know the history of people striving to get a better education for their children. They know the history, and that goes back generations. Whether people were moving from one place to another, whether they were creating their own schools, whether they were you know, educating people, you know, their, their children in their community, whether they were lying about their addresses, <laughs> just to get better education, educational mm-hmm. outcomes. So we know this, and we know this for a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there are other people who constantly are crafting this narrative that they don't care. They don't care about this, they don't care about that. They need to do this, they, do, they, they need to do that. We even saw one of the presidential candidates who said, oh, they need. They don't like their schools, they need to fix them, right? And I, I just I thought that was so crazy because where she was as part of her career was at the University of Pennsylvania. And the houses around there are like almost a half a million dollars. Right? And so here's a person, and I could point to all the schools that she could've put her child in. And if she didn't like it, she could've what? She could've just went in and fixed it. She did not do that she went and found a location that cost about $38,000 a year and put her child there, her precious resource. And I don't I don't have a problem with that. But to look at other families and say, you don't care, that's my problem. So that's why this work is so important. That's why you are so important um, to, to constantly elevate and never allow anyone to, to say this. This is about self-determination. When I look mm-hmm. at you, I see self-determination. I see unity. I see the Nguza Saba like, being played out in, in here. Anybody familiar with the Nguza Saba? Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's what I see put being played out. So for
0: those that are not familiar, sir, might you enlighten them? Because <laughs> I don't know.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm there like, yeah, i know. yeah, I know. I don't know what this is what talking about. So the Nguza so Saba is, is basically, you know,
2: you. like what we were um, raised, or part of what we were raised on as children. And it was our school's like kind of principles. But they were also the principles of Kwanzaa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have Umoja for unity. You have Kuja. Chakaliya self-determination. You have Ujima, collective work and responsibility. So it's this idea of like the self-determination that we're going to name ourselves, we're going to define ourselves, we're going to speak for ourselves. And as I'm looking around, that's, that's what it is. The last, uh, the last principle is Imani, faith, that we believe deeply in the righteousness and victory of our struggle. That's what you represent the righteousness and victory of our struggle to ensure educational justice for our personal children and the children of our communities. That's amazing. Thank you for those bars, sir. I know. Uh, Mr. Stewart.
3: Um, You know, so there's a person in Minnesota back home, a superintendent who often starts his speeches by telling people, uh, the local school system here. Like, let me ask you a question. How many kids does New Orleans public schools have? Anybody just throw out some guesses. Throw out a number. 700,000. 700,000, okay, that'd be a very big district. Anybody Anybody else? 80,000. 80,000, okay. 80, okay. So it's really a trick question. He usually starts by that and people throw out numbers and he'll say they have zero kids because parents have kids, schools don't have kids, That's right? right? And he does that to remind everybody that the schools, the systems, the staff, the people who run the schools, the systems and the staff don't own your children, you. right? They do not belong to them. They are not chattel, right? Your children have one champion in life and it's you. It starts with you. And not all of our children are facing the same things when they enter schools. So parents don't aren't living in all the same situations, right? And I think that's why it's important for me when I look out at a room like this, I believe from my time on a school board, my time in the school system, that there is a vast number of kids who are left behind on purpose. The system is rigged. It has always been that way. It is never going to change. And unless we are honest and realistic about it, it's going to be our kids or they're going to be the ones that fall into that trap, right? So God gave our kids like one champion, right, to fight back on that. And that's a parent, that's a guardian, that's a person who plays the role of a parent or a guardian. And... It's going to be rare that I'm going to sit in many rooms like this and see all the champions of the forgotten kids, the ones where the system is rigged against them and, and the ones who really need a champion. So that's why I think this is what, this is what I think is the power of yeah. a room like this. That's amazing, bro. Thank you for that. It's not in Gubasaba, whatever nah, it I, was that was It is, no. it <laughs> Is it? It is. Okay, all it right. Is. All right.
2: A,
0: I just said it in Swahili, you said it in English. Like, there you go. all right. All right. All right.
2: All
3: right. <laughs> Thanks for translating, bro. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. So,
0: so part yeah. of my job is to try to keep these guys on task, and it's one of the most difficult jobs. It's the worst job it, it, for it, you. It, it, it is it is, because, like, I want to jump in and like do what I do. go cool. you want to go first, brother? You said you want no,
1: to. Jump sir, in. No, you sir. You sure? Okay. One. Um, well, well, thank y'all so much for having us. I think this space is just really, really important for a few reasons. I think Sharif touched on. I'm sorry. One.
0: I'm, sorry I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't introduce him the right way, what? brother. No, don't, 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 don't do it. Stop he's that. Stop already doing stop it. it. There you go. Stop stop the stop it's
1: not that. It started already. So wait, wait, got time for that. So we only got 38 right. minutes. So I want to get to, but I appreciate you. He like trying to embarrass us. So, um, but I think it's important for a few reasons. And I think one of the things I think Sharif touched on, and it was something that I wanted to say as well, was when, when our kids are failing or being failed by these schools, they say, well, where the parents at? These parents don't care. These parents not showing up. These kids are bad, X, Y, and Z, all this stuff, right? Um, and then when y'all start to go out and you start to speak and you build your own organizations and your own movements, then they say, well, it's a billionaire that put them words in it mouth. So like these people think so little of us. They think so little of you that you can't possibly care and form the words to advocate for your kids and want better. They're so used to us living in squalor that when you ask for something better it had to be a white billionaire that gave you the words. So these spaces are important and this conference is important. I think for the same reason I think A Black Hands is important. I say all the time that black parents, brown parents, you all are on your own. And places like this make you know that you as parents you're on your own but now you found your tribe you found some people that got your back
3: mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. how you all use each other and utilize each other we, we built the eight black hands and we called it the eight black hands because we wanted that mom right there or that mom right there or that dad right there when they say something and these people come for their throat because they can't be agentic these people don't respect us as humans you got to deal with these eight hands you got to deal with somebody that's, right. that's about to pop you in the lip right, right. because right. these people right. used to hearing this talk in a different yeah. kind of way that's right So ain't nothing more dangerous than a mama bear that feels like her cub is in danger. That's
3: right, that's right. And so
1: this conference is important because what happens when you get a room full of mama
4: bears
3: (laughs)
1: with a bunch of cubs, right? Mm -hmm. In a system that's fucking them over. Excuse my language,
3: but that's what's happening.
1: It's always him, These people.
2: It really
3: is. It really is. It's never me. It's It's him. Hey, you know what,
1: and part of the reason that I curse is because if you offended by what I say, you should be triple offended by what's happening to your kids
0: yeah. that's right. why this report like you know, there's research that supports people that curse, people that use foul language. Those people are smarter than people that don't. But, but you know, but... I'm just saying. And, and,
1: but, it's the, right. but here's the thing, though, right? And, and, we, and we joke we joke about it, right? We mind joke you, about it. And we mind joke, you, most wait, wait. of the
0: words are like three or four pa- letters.
4: Right? Like,
2: like, yeah, real stuff, so, yeah.
1: we, we joke about it, but part of this, part of the thing, part of this game is making you feel like you don't belong. Part of the game is taking these simple things about how your child should be treated and making it complicated. Part of the thing is talking about how you speak Speak, as opposed to how my child is being treated. You get to show up however you want, because them your kids. So whether you want to use $10 words, SAT words, or three-letter words, right? Like, you get to do that, because you get to be the expert on your child. So yes. don't let people shame you around that stuff. I mean I, ad- I don't
3: advise the three-letter words <laughs> if you're in a professional setting with your kids. I'm just saying. And, uh, you know, our previous people here today brought Jesus into the room, and now you drop an F-bomb. (laughs) I love Jesus, too. Jesus loves you, too, but he just wants you to clean up the mouth a little bit. Jesus
1: was a gentic (laughs) af, bro. Ray, Ray, can Mm, you tell us why you think? Ray, can you tell us why why today is important, why why this conference is important Today is
0: important for me because on this show and, and even prior to the show, we've been talking about just, like, the parent voice and how that parent voice is suppressed most of the time. Uh, when you guys walk into school settings, those people that are in those schools already have the eyes on you that are saying to you that you're not welcome here even though you drop your kids off here every day, right? Reef always talks about we're the only races of people, meaning black and brown, that blindly send our kids to these schools with the highest of expectations, but then our expectations are never met, right? So we gotta raise the bar. And the bar starts getting raised in rooms like this. So again, give yourselves a round of applause Mm. for showing up, because you did—you did what they said you couldn't do. You showed up, Mm -hmm. and now we about to show out. (laughs) Show up, show out. All right. So how do we make this movement a viral movement, bro? Like Charles, starting with you, man. I mean, I think you keep doing things like
1: this, right? I think that. You build the agency around folks. The first thing that I had to do when I was started doing this work a long time ago is I had to, as a social worker, I had to show families that they mattered and I had to show them that they deserve good things. There's something innately in us where it's like, there's a voice where when we start to do something nice, like, it's like, oh man, I don't know if I deserve it. So the reason why I had that reaction when I went into the room and saw how nice that room was in the bag there, right? It's that there was, a, there was that little voice that always was telling me to stay in my place or, like, what I needed to do, right, or whatever the case is. Nah, man, we get to advocate for our kids. We get to demand great education, and we get to do it in nice places. We get to eat good food. We get to dress up and look nice. Like, So I think part of the first part, if you can convince people that they deserve better than what they're getting... That's the biggest struggle that we got because we fight so hard for crumbs. Like, they drop a few crumbs and they watch us scatter and fight. Mm-hmm. They watch us fight for crumbs while they laughing at us, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, and so I think that's, I think that's the first part. I know these brothers gonna have a lot of, uh, a lot of answers, so I'll just add that part and then they can kind of take the rest. But
3: that's my
0: contribution. Yes, sir. Mr. Stewart. <sighs>
3: I mean, It is so important for you to believe that your child is worthy, like Charles is saying, because your children are being awfulized. I say this all the time. People talk about our children as if they they, they, they awfulize them within an inch of their life as if they don't have elastic brains, as if they can't learn, right? So when they talk about our kids, they talk about the poverty and the parents and the problems and they, they do all of the peas, right? They just pee all over the place, well, all over your children, right? Like, like, so, So they don't talk about, the potential, right? They don't talk about the brilliance of your children. And if they don't see it, then there's only one person left to see it, and that's you, right? But now you're in a fight. Right. Because if you believe it and there's a deficit between what your child is capable of and what the adults in the life think the child is capable of, that's a fight. That's the textbook fight ready to start. Now you're a fighter. Right. I often like to say that when you are doing but like Satan and, and it does not have any interest in you until you're doing the Lord's work, right? He will leave you alone all the way up until that point. But the moment you start doing the Lord's work, the way that you know that it has started is when you get trouble, when people come for you, when they come for you on Twitter, when they demean your motives, when they demean your intentions, when they assign your work to other people as if you're a slave, as if you, like if these are the, still the days where people get to ask you, show me your papers, like who owns you and, and where'd you get these ideas from? Right? Yeah. That is the fight, right? So that you are still here and you are not backing down and you, none of you look scared. As a matter of fact, some of y'all are scaring me with like like, <laughs> with like look in your eyes or whatnot. Yeah. So the fact that you are here and you're not scared and you're not backing down and you're not gonna let people call you names or reassign your, your motives and all of that stuff tells me two things. Number one, you realize that you're in a fight and you know that, the, that they're going to come for you and you're not gonna have
2: it. You have something worth fighting for. So thank you for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing.
2: Mr. El-Mack. Yeah, I mean, Chris and, and Charles uh, brought up something I just want to double down on. Like, this, uh, this idea of uh, self worth um, in our students, in our communities, and what we demand for our schools is so important, mm-hmm. right? We hear so many children, like, you know, they would literally think that they're, do- they're undeserving of something because they've been told you're worthless and you're worthless. Right? And they get that message over and over and over again, the erasure that our children see, not only in schools, but in society, right? And there's research that says, you know, our, our children are especially susceptible to self-doubt and a negative uh, identity of self because they are bombarded, right? Like they're, they're constantly bombarded, whether it's the person leading the classroom, whether it is the media, it is, it is constant. And so we have to be vigilant. And so organizations like this, families coming together, like that's part of the vigilance that's necessary, right? Malcolm used to say, that, you know, when he was uh, talking about Fannie Lou Hamer, And he was talking about, you know what, like you have to understand the language of your enemy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand that, then it's a problem. We talked about Fred Hampton earlier. He said, we're never outnumbered, Mm -hmm. we're Mm out-organized. So that's what this represents. Mm -hmm. Parents getting organized. Right? Because if you understand the language of, of the folks who don't care about your children, they are organized. Mm-hmm. And they'll make you think that they do care, but all you have to do is watch. All you have to do is listen. Listen to your children, mm-hmm. right? Our children tell the truth. Everybody got these cute sayings. Oh, listen, the children are future, listen to them. Unless they say something about their experience in these schools, then don't listen to that. Wow. Right? And so this is absolutely important. Miss mm-hmm. Roy said, there's no such thing as the voiceless. There's only the preferably unheard or the deliberately silenced. And what this represents are folks saying we will not be silenced and you will hear us whether you detest it or not. Mm. Amazing bros. All right. Your so thoughts.
1: moving on. No, 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 no,
0: no, no, no.
2: Yeah. <laughs> because
1: as hosts, we're we gonna help you out, right? Because
0: I don't need your help. As host, <laughs> I as, didn't ask you as for your host, help. You you need say, help. I did not ask you for your help. Afterwards,
1: afterwards, he's gonna say, Oh, I never get to give my opinion when I'm hosting, right? So what is your thought on theme two, brother? What what does this movement like, how do we connect this to activism?
0: So that wasn't theme two.
1: Brother, can you that? That's <laughs> the first part. Evasive. <laughs> because we
0: didn't get the theme two. Oh my god. Can because right now we're going to get the theme two, which is <laughs> activism. These right, stereotype so, threat. Bro. We'll go. He's like oh, him, man. Right. Man, I only hear what I want to hear. <laughs> you know All right. But I, I want to get this message out so that we can cover everything that are in the objective so like when we give the quiz at the end of the lesson, <laughs> folks will pass the quiz. So there we go. All right, so theme two is activism. Who will be the, who, who be the proponents against this type of organizing? Let's talk about that. Start with you, Stuart. I mean, this one's easy, right? Like,
3: <laughs> public education in the United States is a $700 billion, like, enterprise. You start messing with it and moving headcount around and taking people out of it or whatnot, uh, the first people that are going to come from you are the people that own that $700 billion, right? It's their system, right? You, you know, you just in it. you trapped in it and whatnot, and you poke them too much, they'll send people for you, right? All different kinds of people for you, right? Um, You've already experienced it a little bit in the run-up to this, these two days, there have already been people online, you know, and prominent people, right? Prominent non-people of color, right? (laughs) Like, like... (laughs) You know, uh, feeling some particular special kind of license to just go after two women of color and then all of the women, and let's be, no I I don't know that I said this earlier, but women made this happen, right? So maybe I did say this, right? So I want to say this, I, I don't think you're going to get four men up here and we're not going to call it out. Like women made this happen, right? And I said online and watching some of them come for y'all, you don't get to come after our aunts, our sisters, our mothers and not think you're not going to catch some hands, right? That's what the eight black hands is about, right? <laughs> right? So that's, that's what this is. Let's, you got to tell people what kind of party it is. This is that, it's that, this is that party, right? <laughs> this is that party. I don't know which party you're in. But this This is that party, right? So who's gonna come for you? You've already felt a little bit of it. People who have—I call them pensionistas—and people who have like a, they have a so wait 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 because
0: this, yeah. this right here is a hot take. What's right. that? What's a hot take? What is a sorry? pensionista? Can you explain to the people what a pensionista? Is? Bro, you know when the first time I thought about—first of all,
3: someone once called me a charterista, and it happened to be a pensionista <laughs> who said it, right? Yeah. So I was like, I got one. You got one for me. Yeah. I got one for you. All right. Like, let's do this. We can do this all day. I grew up on Richard Pryor. Let's do this, right? <laughs> (laughs) Right? Right? We could do this all day. Like let's you know come for me. But let me tell you where it hit me that it's not funny. Is our, our St. Paul Federation of Teachers were running a campaign uh, to get local businesses to pay more of their fair share be, so that they could fund the schools and whatnot and I did a little bit of research and I tripped upon something that completely blew my mind and that was that their pension fund was literally invested in the top three companies that do private prisons yeah. right so I thought wait a second now wait you teach kids all day. And you are literally vested in the companies that run private prisons. But I'm the problem, right? Walton's the problem, yeah. Broad's the problem. Yeah. Talk to me when you disinvest that pension fund because you are. You, who's gonna come for you? People have literal investments your kids are the new cotton. I say it all the time, black kids are the new cotton. Organic right? They're the new cotton, and everybody wants to harvest them for their per pupil income. Yeah. That's all it is, it's a head count. They want your body, not your mind, right? They want you to, tra- to trap your children in these schools where they are literally vested in your children's misery. Right? And from birth to death at that, that, right? So, you know so, what just happened? We just happened. You just Russell. dropped bars,
0: right? You just dropped oh. bars. But well, you I know, wasn't trying what, to do that. Yeah, but, yeah, right. yeah, I know. I know. So, so, but you so, know what so, you didn't so,
3: do? Right. We, uh, what I didn't do, bro. You that
0: didn't answer anything. what a pensionista is.
3: <laughs> okay, I just want to say this. I was once a politician, and what politicians know is you answer the question you want to answer. You don't <laughs> gotcha. answer the question you ask. So the oldest politician trick in the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Answer the question you want to answer, not gotcha. the ones that you ask. Understood, so, understood. So, yes. All
2: right. Yeah. No worries. Sir. Yeah, I would... The thing that we have to remember is that, you know, none of this is a secret, right? No. And so the people who will come after you are the very people who exercise school choice more than any other group. Educators and politicians exercise school choice more than any other group of, of people. Why? Because they know the same daggone thing that you know that their child has to be protected. Their intellectual development has to be protected. That their child has to be safe academically, intellectually, emotionally, culturally, spiritually. They know it, and so they act on it. And at the same time, on the other side of their mouth, they'll tell you to stay put. Stay put. Be still. We're not dogs. We're parents and families. The thing about it, all, all the educators who are parents, they should be aligned with you. Mm-hmm. That's what should happen. That's the solidarity that should be happening, mm-hmm. right? Because you face, you fight racism with this solidarity. But instead, they're they're brought in, right? For an educator or a politician to tell any group what you're doing is undermining the system, the same system that I've opted out of. That's a problem. That's hypocritical at its highest form, and they have no problem saying it or doing it and blocking you, actively blocking you, Hmm. right? And so when you look at the percentage, you can just Google this later. Look up the percentage of of teachers who put their children in private schools, and look at their rabid fighting against other families trying to activate and uh, access choice. Hmm. It's unconscionable.
3: To escape, really? Yeah. They don't want you to escape.
2: Right? Dr. Cole.
3: That's it.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think they answered it well. I think I'm gonna take it in a different direction. I think one of the things that, you got, that we gotta worry about on top of everything that you all said, uh, friendly fire scares, scares me as well, right? Friendly fire claims a lot of people in wars as, as well, right? <laughs> and I think that we have to reconnect with things like interest convergence. right? Meaning that we're not gonna agree on every single thing. Yeah but what's our one, two, three unifying things Unless we just need to operate on that because what's gonna happen is they're gonna continuously drop little things that you don't agree on yeah. and they're gonna have you fighting each other. Yeah. How many of y'all are in fights with people that are supposed to be on your same side right now? How many of you had fights at home, right? How many of you are losing friends over this stuff? How many of you are like crying at home trying to figure this stuff out and don't feel like you got somebody you can talk to? Well, that's friendly fire. And I think the other side is we got a lot of folks that want to be allies. And I think it's time to graduate from being allies to co-conspirators. And let me give you an example. An ally says, I think these folks should be able to do whatever they want. A co-conspirator utilizes the privilege that they got to put you in a better position so you can do what you need to do. So let me tell you what that looks like, right? What that looks like is you got a group of mamas that got a good idea, but they don't talk like you. They don't talk in the way that funders might talk. But you understand exactly what the hell they are saying. So it's like, you know what? Tell me everything that you need. And then you go and you translate that. Because we don't need them wasting their time trying to figure out that language, right? We just need the work to happen. So I think that there are a lot of things outside. But if we fortify the walls within, we can be a lot stronger and we can move a lot further and we can have folks. I just need also allies. There's there's this thing, and I think that makes people nervous about allyship, is because sometimes it comes off as feeling like pity. These people don't need your pity, right? They need your resources, right? And then I think that there is some cross pollination that can happen there. So those are things that I that I think about around things that but we chose, should be.
3: I want to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I'm ready for something even above Ally Mm. or co-conspirator or whatever. I don't know. I don't have a name for it. But, you know, when John Brown, yeah, John Brown is a co-conspirator. He's beyond. He's beyond co-conspirator. He's. I need crazy. <laughs> I need white crazy. I need white to take it to the next level of doing some stuff right? like us. Not co-conspirator, because I don't want the co-part. Maybe that's it. Got right? you. Well, you can call whatever you want,
1: but I get your yeah, point, right? Yeah, you like, get on trying get, to say, like, you, know, you know. what you need? I you need the fakes. <laughs> right, I mean, I, I and Who's I. the I, fapes? I, fake folks, raise your hand, right? And, and the, oh, reason, the reason why it's interesting, right, because I, I sent them a message, because we just started getting tagged and everything by this fake group, and I was like, hmm, who are these people?
3: Oh, is that free and appropriate education? Yeah. Oh, y'all the business. Y'all the real business. So, but but it's
1: interesting, right? And when you study folks, and this is like a a big compliment, it's like they fight different.
3: Yeah, Yeah, they do. Like
1: they fight different (laughs) and they show up and they show up. They don't show up by themselves. It's like yeah. waves. Like that's I would right. look at my Twitter, and it'll be one mention, and then it'll be thirty right. in like five minutes, right? right? And but 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 that's but those type of tactics are really really good, right? You need folks that's willing to fight with you, that's willing to like really throw them hands with you. And I think that this con, this really take home with you this interest convergence, like understanding that term. Is we we are never going to agree on everything. And that's what these people. Every time we're on the internet, people will be like, "Oh well, do you agree with what this funder did on this bill?" and blah 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 blah. On like, this state. Yeah, it's like I don't know what you're talking about, son. Like you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I know that people are like dying in our schools. <laughs> I know that the system that you're talking about, where you saying you just need some more money to fix it, and we give you more money, and my kids are still going to jail. <laughs> and when they and when that happens, you don't. It, it ain't never your fault. You be weary of a system where it ain't never their fault. That's right. If it ain't, it ain't never your fault. All y'all, all y'all got kids, right? What you say when your kids come in the house talking about something ain't their fault? (laughs) I told you to do the dishes, right? That wasn't my fault. Well, you about to get your ass up and do these dishes right now, man. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's time for y'all to start making these systems do the dishes. And I think it's, it's some dirty dishes that they blaming on you. Uh, but they got you thinking that's something wrong with your kid. And if you black and you got a male, and now even females with the push out, right? Like they got you thinking that's something wrong with your kid's brain. It's something wrong with your kid's wiring. It's something wrong with your parenting, right? It's everything about y'all and nothing about them. And you know what they gonna do? They gonna call you. Segregationists. You eat a new segregation. How the hell are you gonna tell a room full of people of color with some white folks gonna tell them that they segregation? <laughs> How?
3: <laughs> well, it takes one to know one, yeah, I guess. You, you know. I mean, so,
1: yeah. so, you know. <laughs> I don't know.
3: So, nah, maybe.
1: Not, yeah. Not, damn. Not maybe bring, I am. Damn.
0: Not. Yeah, not. Yeah, damn. Not to bring no. rap
1: into this, right? there there's a rapper, there's an album that came not out doing last this. night.
0: Not gonna do this. No, so me, it's, do a, do a, this. it's a I good one. Stop better. Stop better. Stop. Do it's do it. a good one. good one. It's a good one. It's a good one.
1: So let the man speak. He said, "What he said is segregation is being told where I'm gonna go. Separation is being woke and going where I wanna go." Who's Right. That's Royce the 5'9, right? And What's like, the CD? And the Since point, you want to plus it. Shit. Eminem had an album come out last night, right? But the point that I'm making is, is like, people are saying that you, they're trying to treat you like you're stealing something. They're trying to, like, you like you—you you can't steal your own dignity. You can't steal things that belong to you. You can't steal, That's right. That's like, right. they steal stealing from you. They're stealing your child's ability to grow and learn and be agentic for themselves, right? right? These people don't say nothing to you while you were in squalor. They didn't say nothing to you while you were struggling. They didn't say, they didn't say nothing to you while you was in jail. They didn't say nothing to you while you was hungry. But as soon as you start to speak up about some school stuff, now you the damn devil. Amen. Along with Bill Gates who's trying to solve malaria in Africa, but now he's evil. Because he wanna help some people, right? Mm-hmm. Listen to what these people say to you. And they're gonna call you crazy. And if you don't have people next to you that reassure you that you're not crazy, you're gonna start to believe them. Don't believe these people, man. They lying to you. The same way they've
2: been lying to you. And agentic, You want to define that? Okay, yeah. Whoa,
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! You, sir, said that you do not want to host the show. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like you are trying to host the show. So, like, as what as are you West doing? It's so right. no. Well, you're somebody's got to do it. No, <laughs> so, I, well, I mean, damn. somebody is doing it. <laughs> right. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, so agents, how many of you, you, how many of you folks have kids in a public school?
3: We did this last night. How
0: many of you folks have kids in a private school? How many of you kids have uh, children in a parochial school? Charter school? Public charter school because yeah. charter schools are public schools. They yeah. get public funds, yeah. right? That's like saying So public, my public. only take in terms of talking about activism for these schools is that have the same kind of energy for a bad school regardless of whatever that bad school is. So if it's a traditional public school and it's bad, shut that shit down. Right. If it's a, a parochial school that's bad, shut that shit down too. Right. The same energy that you or have it. for a charter school <laughs> when you're trying to, and then folks want to say, Oh, these charter schools, they're not regulated. In my state, in New York State, you, if you have a bad year compared to your sending district, yeah. a couple years in a row, yeah. rash, yeah. shutting it down, right? So these people are making arguments to hear themselves talk, right? They have no facts behind their arguments. So you guys keep doing what you're doing and let's all be amazing. So, theme three you get to be agentic. Dr. Cole, please give these people the textbook definition of agentic, sir. So, so
1: agentic, so agency, right? Cause a lot of people hear that term and it's used, but a lot of folks don't really know what it means. So it's the capacity of individuals to act independently and make their own free choices, right? Mm-hmm. So academic agency is the ability of students and families to exercise choices, you know, over their own academic experiences. So to be agentic is to take actions. That's gonna set you and your people up in the best possible way. So for you, that might be be having one kid at this school and one kid at that school right it looks different for a lot of people but it is to be a gentic is to dial is to it's to understand where you are and what you need and go after that thing and so these people are trying to rob you of that agency Right, like this is one of the most agentic things you all can do, is being here. And what are y'all gonna do when you leave here, right? Like the tribe that you all are building, right? So when I say be agentic, I'm just talking about doing the moves that make the most sense for you, your people, and the situation that you got, and not having to apologize for it. Like, when did that happen, man? When did did parents start to have to apologize to a public system?
0: You're asking a question? Because you're not the host. (laughs) 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 So, I can't stand Ray. I
1: just I listen. I love, I love, I love Ray to death, except for when we record. I can't, I can't, I, right. You got to just give Ray your back, man. So, but, but, but seriously though, right? I grew up in public everything. I grew up in public housing. I ate public, I ate public cheese. And then whoa, whoa, Like that cheese was some of the most amazing. Cheese. I understand that, right? what? Right, right. But you know, but you know what my grandmama didn't say to me? She didn't say I want you to grow up and live in these projects. She said I want you to grow up and live the type of life you want to live, right? This, like, nothing works. And I'm going to pass it to Chris on this. I'll start it, but I think you should finish it because. You're not passing anything can I, to anyone. Can, I, can, I, can I stop interrupting and stepping <laughs> on
3: stuff? I got to be So. <laughs> we have to break them up.
1: Anyway, <laughs> That's right? That's why we
3: said in That's between right. them.
1: Always, right? right? He do yeah. it all the time. So, and then you ask him a question. He ain't got nothing to say. So anyway, <laughs> but I forgot what the hell I was going
3: to say. Go ahead, man. <laughs> I, can't, I can't
1: stand it. I can't, I can't stand
3: it. Well, that just for the, so, record, so. for the record, for the record, I that do want to say this, for the record, <laughs> the cheese was horrible. No. It wasn't horrible. <laughs> the peanut butter was good. It was that was no, good. That was no, real good. The peanut pork butter. in the can was good with a little bit it, of salt. And this much oil. It had a lot of oil it on had the top much of it, but you just poured that off and it was pretty good, right? And the Pour powder. The
1: oil and the, you gotta right. mix that.
0: Yeah, and the powdered no, milk was good too. So <laughs> that's <laughs> all right, say about I'm saying. Go ahead. I'm glad to know you all struggles. Right. But uh, fellas, based on this definition, as eloquently stated by Dr. Cole. What's your take? I mean, one.
2: In Swahili, that's kujichakulia for those who are, you know, multilingual. So that agentic piece, that's kujichakulia. So that's for the that's for the Swahili uh, speaking folks. I mean, that's Swahili. So you're giving. So so I'm agreeing with them. You're giving everybody hot chocolate. I'm agreeing with them one hundred percent as far as like you know this this idea of agency and it. I was talking to a group of educators the other day, and we were—they uh, were like, you know, active and and on the inside, right? And what we were talking about was, you know, the accountability can't just come from the outside of a system. The accountability also has to be from within the system. Right? And so part of like next steps in agency is also making sure that you are building as families, as educators, that you are also connecting with those folks who are inside the systems mm-hmm. who are either changing it or creating, right? So if they're creating their own schools or they're creating classroom environments in schools that are doing something different, then making sure that we are supporting them as well, right? Because the accountability system, for the accountability has to be internal as well as external. If it's only external, it's harder to get done. If it's only internal, right? Sometimes the internal folks, they need families to advocate what they're trying to push for, right? If not, they'd just be fired and pushed to the side or just ground to the dust the way that a lot of conscious educators are within systems, right? And so to me, that that idea of agency Mm -hmm. means also it goes back to that solidarity. Finding the folks who are like-minded, who are about children and youth and educational justice and banding Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And that's how you create this ecosystem of collective accountability. But that pressure, you are absolutely vital to that. Mm -hmm. The stuff that I was able to do, like within the three neighborhood schools that I was in, within the system was because I had families who had my back. That's why. Mm -hmm. And so what they didn't understand was like, you know what? I didn't get cocky about it, but it sure made me fearless. And if I knew, because if I'm advocating, and I am creating a system where I'm going against policies that were not good for black and brown children, I didn't care what downtown said, because mm-hmm. I had a whole nation in this community that represented the, the justice that they were uh, that we were trying to build with them for their children. So I, I would just re you know just bring that to the table about about banding together and that solidarity and what it looks like not just as families. Yes, and mm-hmm. mm. see Stuart. Man,
3: this is this is a hard one for me because I I actually, as much as I do this type of work, I don't have a great answer for this. Like like, what is agency? It, it,
0: All right, stop, stop, like, stop. They're, they're, Here's what he does. Right? I don't have a setup. Right? It's just true. I don't have a great answer for this. No, what he says. Now watch what he says. Yeah. No, I really don't
3: have a great answer for this. The jewels will like flow out. The jewels about to fall out your mouth. It's true. It's true. I really don't have a great answer for this. I'm I'm like honest about that. But the way you described agency and agentic, when you look at rich people, it makes it easier for me to understand what it is, right? Because mm-hmm. they have lots of options, lots of choices, lots of if something goes wrong, they have things that they can do. They never really face a dead end. I have like worked with so many parents that face dead ends all the time, like where you feel like this is the end of the road. I, got, I can't move left, I can't move right, I'm trapped, right? Um, and, and that to me, is the negative it's like the absence of agency and I say this to all the time about school choice we get into these fights about school choice and people are like oh you're trying to privatize the system you're trying to blah blah and whatever which first of all that falls right off of my back because like there's nothing more private than my child's mind and I'm in charge of making that that work for him right so but the but in school choice black people and brown people are the only people who are basically told that we would be better off with fewer choices right we don't only population on planet earth that is literally told you're better off with with better choices just stay put in in what you're doing that to me is the opposite of agency that is not that is not you having a wide span of things that you can do and here's where it's problematic for me I say it all the time there's like 8 million black children and 13 million Latino children that are gonna walk into schools next week that weren't designed for them aren't prepared for them don't know how to help them reach their highest potential That's the problem that we're dealing with. Every one of those children are connected to a parent who held them at one point and thought the best for them. And between the time you hold them like that in the hospital and the time that they are an adult, there's a series of things that are gonna happen. And those series of things is what their intellectual development is about and you are the president of that process, right? You're the only president of that process. Agency and being agentic to me, is knowing that that is your one job and no one's gonna stop you from doing it. No one's gonna get in your way. No system. No politician. No politics. No rules. No policy. Whatever it takes. I've seen these videos where moms overthrow cars, like when a car's on their kid or something <laughs> like that. Whatnot, right? Throw a car over like the credible hulk or something like that, right? That's got to be you in this process, because that eight million black children and 13 million brown children who are going into these public schools. Here, I- I'll leave you with this. this- this is gonna sound terrible, but I'm gonna say it because I've said it before and I really believe this and what's gonna come out of my mouth is extremely negative right now, all right? But if you wanted to make sure that black and brown people never reach their full potential, there would be no better way to make that happen than the demand that they turn over their babies at age five to the American public education system, right? I'm gonna say it to you one more time, right? Because I really want this to sink in with you. If you wanted to ensure that black and brown people never re- reach their full potential, there's no more efficient way to make that happen than to demand that they turn over their babies at age five to the American public education system.
0: Fight me. This is coming from the person that said that he didn't have an answer. Can <laughs> like, you see what I'm talking about? Fight me! Like, this is insane. All right, Dr. Cole, close this out, baby.
1: Uh, I mean, listen, man. Agentic AF. Just, just, just happy to be here. So happy to, to see you all. Uh, we want to kind of try to spread this message to as many folks because we don't want you to feel like you're alone. And you ain't crazy. You got some people that love you that got that got your back. And hopefully, you got ours and we got each other and we can make this thing better. Thank you so much.
0: Mm. All right. Mm. So. A couple of check-ins, a couple of check-ins. Man, you see this time right here? You see how amazing this host is, baby? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. All right, so the objective was, how can we define and create a AF change agents that uh, change the game for parents? Do you guys think we met our objective? Raise your hand if you think we met up. All right, that's think good enough for me. Some of it right. were mercy hands. You know, yeah. Right,
1: it wasn't yeah. a lot of hands no. that went no. up, right? I just want no. you to know.
3: <laughs> no? I saw it. I saw it on somebody's I don't think
1: people right? understood yeah. what you said either. I think yeah. I you said repeat it, right?
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, somebody somebody didn't hear you. All right, okay. Let's
0: so just move forward. This time is the Q&A section. All right, so any questions that you guys have? Uh-oh. So there,
1: there should be somebody that's going to be running the mic around. Yes, are there any, we, we wanted to make sure that we left enough time for you all to be a part of the show and, 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 and ask whatever you want to ask, so uh, um, please ask a question. Um, this is very important. A question is and a question mark. It's not you making your grand statement, um, but because we, we want to give as many folks an opportunity and all of us don't have
3: to answer either. Let's so. double down on this point. A question <laughs> one has a question mark. It is not your CV, your resume. <laughs> your story, your family history, what you did 10 (laughs) years ago, your your diet, is none of those things. I just want, it's an actual question. All right. First question.
4: Some advice, um, I'm asking the question, what advice would you give to a parent advocate who is a leader fighting for a cause um, that he or she truly believes in and Um, some organizations that you would think would be supportive of that parent, particularly a parent of color, Mm -hmm. is standing up against. Um, for example, it could be NAACP and the whole, um, thing on the, Just uh, for example. Just for example. Yeah, 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 yeah. got you.
0: Sorry. What yeah. really advice do y'all have? Great question. All right, so, uh, as the education chair, newly elected education chair of the NAACP in whatever city you were in in Minnesota, yes. you take this question, sir. Whew. Why hand it to me first? Because you're the newly elected
3: education <laughs> <chair>. <laughs> oh.
1: And we all don't need to answer any questions.
3: That's, you know? a, that's a good question. Um, so again, don't have a perfect answer for it, but we have dealt, uh, like, like as people fighting these battles, we have dealt with irony for a long time. We're always trapped between friends and, and, and non-friends who are weird. Like, like, like we find ourselves in this position all the time and the best I can say is be extremely fluid with it. We don't have any permanent friends, we don't have any permanent uh, enemies, we only have permanent interests. So when you see somebody bumping up against your interests, that's when the, the lights should go off. Okay, we gotta fight. We don't have to fight until you bump up against my interests. It's not about us being friends or not being friends, right? It's about us knowing, like, now you've, hit, you've touched on my interests, we're going to have a problem, right? Um, the NAAP is a good one to bring up as an example, though because these are, this is an organization that you think would be with us every step of the way when we're trying to fight for our civil rights and we find ourselves oftentimes in education in, in their crosshairs, right? And we haven't figured out a way, I think, my way of dealing with it is to just not give a damn. I'm not like one of those people who walk around and do this with the NAACP, I'm sorry. Like You are only as relevant as you can help me feed my family, right? right? That's how relevant you are. You're only as relevant as you can help me get my child an education, so anybody who comes to be an ally or working with us or whatnot, your question that back in the mind is, okay, so what are you offering me? Like, what can you do for me? Because I know what my interests are, I know what my child is trying to do, and I have to determine whether you're a friend or foe. And it's gonna happen pretty quick. Let's talk about my interests, right? It's not a perfect answer to that, but it's something we're facing, like you and I, when we talk about this, probably facing the exact same thing in Minnesota cool. that you're facing there. And we think we're facing separate in, uh, situations and really we're facing it all over the place.
0: Thank you, Chris. Dr. Cole, as a card-carrying member of the NAACP, what's your... Are you?
1: Yeah, life lifetime.
0: Oh. Lifetime, mm-hmm. you paid the big fee? Uh, I think I did. What's your- oh, <laughs> you're not. What's no, your t- what's no, you're not, I, I think so, I did. So
1: basically, so I'm a so uh, member of no, the NAACP. Uh, you didn't pay, I, you didn't, I, didn't I pay. P, mm-hmm. um, I think <laughs> he, didn't
0: so, pay.
3: He, he did not pay it. <laughs> It's fifteen hundred dollars, bro. Did you? He would know so, if he spent fifteen hundred dollars
1: so, on that. So to answer your question, you know, ma'am,
3: you know. We're not paying
1: attention here. We're gonna answer. Me and you talking. Right. Uh, I, I think I think you need to be very clear, uh, as clear as possible on what your needs are and what you're actually dealing with. Um, I think that it's gonna start with you. I think that in some cases you're not gonna be able to find a team. Uh, hopefully this turns into something that you will be a research for you, a resource for you. Um, but y'all know my mantra. If you listen to the podcast, I always say we on our own. So I probably wasn't a good person to throw it to because (laughs) I I feel like you got to go in guns blazing and you got to go in for your kids. uh, because uh, And and a lot of times people don't show up to help you until they see you helping yourself anyway. So um, Mm -hmm. I know that's an even worse answer than what Chris gave you. Mm -hmm. I just assume that you're on your own and do what you got to do. And then when people show up, it's a bonus and God has blessed you. Mm.
0: Next question.
4: Hi, share Cosby, Newark, New Jersey. Best city in New Jersey. How you doing,
0: Newark? How are you, Chris? Yeah, good.
4: So, do you feel that people who work within a school system as like engagement or advocates, do you feel like they're as effective as parents who organize outside the school?
0: That's a great question. We're going to throw
2: that to Reef. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for me, it's hard to say, like, who's better. But what I'm saying is it can't be done effectively without. Like, I just believe in balance. Punch, yeah. I believe that in this this idea of I want my cake and eat it too, right? Like, And so I just think the optimal situation. I think we do what we have to do. So if you're alone and you don't have that, you know, that person, then we just got to fight. Somebody's still got to get punched in the mouth. But <laughs> if I got some <laughs> other folks with right. me, then, oh, we, we're going to change something. So I, I think... You know, it's hard for me to say which one is better, but one is absolutely crucial. That's the family, right? Because it's not just—I'm not a—I'm uh, not just a customer. I'm the boss,
4: right?
2: right? Mm-hmm. And so, like that family is—is—is is, is the customer and the boss. I think too often what what systems try to tell them is, you're not the boss you're not even a customer, mm-hmm. right? And so when we think about like just the, in the business world, the customer is always, right? You don't hear folks saying that systems, educational systems saying that to families. Mm-hmm. But they should be. Yeah. They should be, like you are always right. Like we are sorry, we will fix this. Please let us know how to do this better. That's, that's, that's rarefied air in our systems, right? And that should be the norm, right? So I, I think that, you know, I was, as a person who was in schools for a long time, I was more effective because of my families. Mm-hmm. I never for once thought that I was more effective without. Yeah. I thought I would be a Lone Ranger without.
3: I will say this though, like, because I can't say who's better inside or outside, mm-hmm. but I do know that you're more dangerous if they can't fire you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I know 110%, if they can't fire you, you're a problem. So all of you in here are a problem, mm-hmm. right? This is one big problem right here, yeah. right? Like, yep. And I would love for it to be a bigger problem. But I have seen this time and time again. Sometimes our people go into these systems and they join the system. Like they become it, they start talking like it yeah. and sounding like it,
2: walking like it. What was the thing and you said? It was like the easiest way to tame a revolutionary?
3: Yeah, the easiest way to kill a, revol- a revolution exactly. is to hire the revolutionaries right Um, and and school systems are infamous for That group think Once you get a job with them or whatnot, because you don't feel like you can talk out. A lot of times, you get fired in a heartbeat from a school system for doing the wrong thing. But I
1: do want to push on that a little bit, though, because that was my job when I worked at the district. I think that when we talked about moving beyond allyship to co-conspirator, I think that there is a like, if you are working in the system and you're doing that, like one of the best things that I could do is I just gave people information. Like here's the here's the numbers. Here's what it actually looks like. Like so you can like do something with it. So I mean. I think it's people working together inside and outside. Like, look, what's the information I need to know? Because even in the research that I was doing, those three kids that went on to become doctors, each of them had somebody inside that system that used their agency inside of it Mm -hmm. to make sure those kids got what they needed, Mm -hmm. right? So there was a kid in that study, as kindergarten, he hit his teacher. He he had some issues, and instead of getting expelled like the school wanted him to, it was a black woman that pulled him out, called his mom and said, we gonna test your kid because I actually think he's really smart, and he ended up getting put into like a um, into like a, a gifted program, right? So that's somebody being a co- like like to your answer. It can look a bunch of different ways. Yeah, you just got to get creative with it.
0: All right, next question.
1: I'm a dreamer. So um, based on your prior roles. Uh What's the change that you would have liked to have seen happen that, that you never had a chance? So Sharif, as a principal over Philly, what, what would you have liked to have seen Scott do or parents push? Charles, in your former role as a school board member, um, what, what were those opportunities that were lost?
2: Hmm. I mean, for me, the, the thing that I wish, um, you know, as an educator, is that, that we had, we turned around way more schools than, than we did. When I, when I look at, you know, Philadelphia with... Half the, the uh, children not graduating on time, or they graduate, it's just a piece of paper because they're not really prepared to, to uh, continue their education or work um, gainfully. Uh, you know, I, I, I wish we would have acted with more urgency. Created better neighborhood schools throughout the city. Um, that's what I wish, because often, a lot of times, the uh, this idea of improving schools, you know, people want to move at a glacial pace, and a glacial pace prior to global warming. So, like the real, <laughs> not what we see now, you know. Um, and so, I, I just wish that, like, I had even done more hmm. and faster. Um, you know, we I only had. 800, a little less than 800 students in my school. And I was like, you know what, there was room in our school. We would have developed the other side of it that we could have probably had a thousand, right? And like knowing that they would have had a better education, uh, 200 more than not. But that's not something that, you know, that we prioritized over everything else that we were doing.
3: For me, as a former school board member, I'll just say that on any given night that I was sitting up in that chair, I knew that if I could get like eight to 15 loud people to show up, it would have made a difference in decisions that we were making. And I was deeply desirous of people to show up for that. I would put out a call. I would put out private calls, backroom calls to people. Can you get me like several people down here? And sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. But it made a difference when they did. And strategically speaking. The people who were trying to pass things that I felt were really inequitable, oddly enough, always had those people to show up for them, right? On any given night, the phone tree would go off and you would fill up the room with perfectly little kind of like organized people who would come in with their little thing and say the little stuff. And it was just magic how like the one and the next one the next one and the next one, all their points would be aligning and you'd be like, damn, this sounds like, wow, this is a really good message happening here. How'd that happen? Wow. But on our side of things, we were trying to pass things move boundaries or change programs that were good for us or whatnot I just knew that like if we could get 10 to 15 people in that room we would win the same way mm-hmm. so what I'm desirous of is people to show up to be loud to be prepared uh, to take no shorts and to get your three minutes on the microphone and and like the closest democracy to you is the local school board mm-hmm. that is the most accessible one and then after that let me tell you something else to after that run for school board right get on on that damn board, like on those seats, and that's open to all of y'all. This is the most accessible uh, part of our democracy, and I would just encourage you to do it, and I will write you your first check if you do. Not all of y'all, but some of y'all. <laughs> like if, you, if you got a chance of winning, I will write you your first check as, as a candidate, right? Yeah. Right.
1: Brian, I'll, I'll, I'll connect with you after so we can get some more folks, So because I know, yeah, but I, I, I can tell you afterwards. All right, next. I, I don't know who's next, but can I, this sister's been over here trying to raise a hand, right. and I just wanted oh. to make sure somebody saw her.
4: Okay. 好 Thank you how are you doing? Good, good. Good. I'm Brenda Martin out of Kentucky originally Chicago and if you want to go way back Louisiana. Oh.
1: So, I was born so, in Chicago and lived in Kentucky as well. So,
4: yeah. Okay so we both have our feet on the ground but um, one of the things I'm concerned about is the inequity and in a lot of the discipline I'm sure you've read a lot of the civil rights reports of that happening in the country but a lot of it even revolves around people students committing some of the very same acts but yet getting more severe suspension Mm -hmm. and we know that's part of the connection to the school to prison pipeline, right? Mm -hmm. It's part of because of the way the discipline is handled in the schools. So I'm just wondering, overall when we look at charter schools, how are they handling discipline a little bit more differently than our public schools and what suggestions do you have and us as parents advocating for a change?
0: Okay, so before we answer that question, I got a question for you. So my question for you is, how do you guys keep re-electing Mitch McConnell? Oh, (laughs) gosh. Shots
3: fired.
4: Shots
0: fired. (laughs) I mean, hey, and listen, this is a question coming from a Republican.
4: Really? How okay. does he
0: keep getting re-elected? Yeah. That's
4: a good question. And what I see him doing is more so, I don't I don't vote for him. Let okay. me make that clear. Yeah. I communicate with him, been writing him letters for years, yeah. getting some of the similar uh, responses. But I think what he does is, even though he might ignore the state, and you might find this in some of your states, when it comes time to election times, exactly. he start using his position to get some money Right, like he was just got some from his wife who's also in the government. There's been some complaints about the way he did that and started trying to slip some to Kentucky all of a sudden and, uh, and, and try to do some things that people think, oh, well, we can't let him go because look what he's doing for us. Yeah. So we have to try to make people realize that con just, that that dog shouldn't keep hunting. Gotcha. And uh, because so. Kentucky is one of the largest uh, states in poverty and obesity. And for someone to have been in Congress those many years, you know, we should have some better return Especially since he's making millions, you know, and uh, and we still fighting for a, a better minimum wage. Appreciate and it. Like yes, I yes, and like I tell him, it's Rand Paul. You know, if you gotcha. think minimum wage is a good thing, then why don't you all take the minimum wage and let the other people get a, a, a hike in their pay? So
1: we're gonna. So we gonna answer your question. I appreciate that. I don't know why Ray did that, but um, <laughs> I don't. I don't work in a. I don't work in a charter school, so I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you all answer. I don't. But I don't. I don't think that's a blanket answer. I think that this. I think it's different in different places. But I think as far as the, the conversation around discipline in general, I mean, listen man, we, we were, like black folks were enslaved in this country. Latino folks had this country taken from them in front of them. And then like white folks shut down all the black schools and the brown schools and made you integrate because they said uh, segregation or whatever. And those are the people that's disciplining your kids. So I don't know. Like, if you, was, if you was in charge of me, if you was a, a slave owner to me, um, you probably feel like you own me, and I think it kinda, if I look at stats and what's happening to black and brown kids, it, it, looks, it, it looks the same to me in that way. So I'll let you folks that work more in charter schools answer that question, but I think so racism is a big answer.
0: I'll take that. All right, so I, my career started, and I'm not gonna name schools, but my career started in a in Baltimore City Public School. So I started as a public school teacher, and so then it morphed, and I turned into a, uh, a dean of students, and then ultimately a principal of two charter schools that were zero tolerance charter schools. So by zero tolerance, meaning that if you moved the wrong way or if you did the wrong thing multiple times, then you would eventually be pushed out of that school in order for uh, "quote unquote" other kids to be able to learn and have opportunities to learn in that space. right? It's sicking me to my stomach. So much to the point to where I had to go and, and kind of get my own school so it could have its own identity so kids can come in and they can be themselves. They can make mistakes uh, without feeling like they're going to be in prison because they made that mistake. right? So for me, it was about Being able to learn and navigate uh, through the nuance of a system and then create a system to where our students can thrive. Not a lot of folks have the kind of agency that I have in order to be able to go out and then eventually run their own systems. And so they're working within the confines of a system. And so for those folks that are doing that, charter schools are moving away because you guys, this room is putting so much heat on those zero uh, tolerance charter schools to where they have to move away from that. So the reason why there's this great move to move away from zero tolerance and like no-nonsense, whatever it is they're doing, is because of the people that are in this room. So you guys need to give yourselves a round of applause for that because that's all you. For me, I mean, like I, I grew up in uh, in Covington, Louisiana. That's about 24 miles from here, and I saw uh, a lot of my my, my partners growing up. Uh, partners is uh, a, a, a phrase for friends. And for for those people that don't know uh, that, uh, letting you know, right? That is how you spell anyway. that. P
3: O T N U H. Partner. Yeah, I, I
0: say, <laughs> okay, partner. Well, that all sounds right. more like potluck. Right? Okay, all right. Partner. All right. But any, anyways, handle. like I. I saw, I saw kids that had amazing potential, but that they were identified as SPED students because they couldn't stay still or whatever. And yeah. so those kids ended up learning in portables or whatever, segregated from the regular school environment and stuff, and like some of those kids eventually ended up in prison, right? And like, while others that could sit still ended up going to college and uh, having the opportunities to do that. And so a lot of my work is, is, uh, is kind of spirited by, or spearheaded by what I saw my pot go through and making sure that we create learning environments that kids that can't sit still still have an opportunity to go out and be great. So that that's what I'm all about. So got I hope you. I answered your question.
1: Let's get to. I know you got some more. Yeah.
5: Hi y'all. The
0: faith goddess. Faith. Yeah. Here it comes. Yes.
5: <laughs> I prefer to ref, uh, be called the crazy white woman. <laughs> okay. All right. All right.
0: all right. all right. We can do that too. The crazy right. white woman. <laughs>
5: I expect to see your Twitter handle
3: changed, yeah. <laughs> crazy white woman. I it? think um, that parents you are going to need to get a third shirt. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like they got two now. And they're going to need another one. Yeah. I'm that mom. Yeah. yeah. I'm that I like that.
5: White mom. Um, so my daughter's dyslexic. Okay. And there's a lot of chat here. I've observed about black and brown children being mm-hmm, marginalized, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is obvious. Yeah. Um, but we need to talk about all colors that are marginalized yeah, because true. I'll be the first to admit, I was not involved in education until my child was marginalized. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. She's a white girl. We live in a suburb of Boston. Um, Massachusetts is supposed to be Oof. the best place in the country for public mm-hmm. education. Mm-hmm but not for the children who learn differently, Mm -hmm. okay? So if it's horrible in Massachusetts for the children who learn differently, it's really bad everywhere else, okay? I know mom who has a dead son by suicide, 11 years old, autistic, okay? all children are being marginalized. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So can we, I I don't know if if that was the question or the, I was about to, I was jumping in because I thought that was the end of the question, but go ahead, I'm sorry.
5: So my point is, for this to work, you know, I think that we all need to realize that all children are being marginalized. Mm-hmm. And I think that shows up in the NAP, NAEP results. Mm-hmm. Okay? When two-thirds of the country can't read or do math, mm-hmm. two-thirds, that's marginalization of all public school children. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay?
0: so, so we, right, No, 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 so no, 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 we, we want you to get through no, this. We want you to ask us a no, question.
1: No, that's,
3: it's a question, it's something in it. It, yeah, it is. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. So, and I have a quick answer we, to this, though. no, my
5: question is yeah. how do we rally all colors? I got yeah. you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Go ahead. So I'm glad you raised this point, first of all, and I want to honor that you raised this point in this room because I think it's a good one, and I think everybody should be welcoming of this point. Um, and there's a couple of reasons why I think it's really important. The first one is I think we oftentimes um, over romanticize how good the outcomes are for white students, right? Yeah. And and that's why I think the achievement gap is a problem because white children should not be the, the high watermark for us because they're not doing as good as, as people think either. And you're in the best education state in all the 50 states and they're not doing as well there as they should be. And the, the level of uh, academic malpractice in public schools for all students is rampant. But nobody will talk about it and many white folks are very happy with their schools and their kids aren't making years of growth they're just proficient right they, they pass the bar of proficiency so it hides the fact that they're not really growing or whatnot and you are right that they can uh, marginalize all different kinds of learners and whatnot these schools are set up for the C student for the middle of the road C student that's their superior customer right for the high and the low achieving yeah. students this is not your school right and and a movement like this what I like about what you said a movement like like this will be more powerful if it's multiracial, right? There is just no doubt about it. More hands thrown down would make this a, a much better, I think, movement, and it would it would it would do better. So I like that you called that out. But I do think that probably part of our thinking is because we have we have given too much credit to how these schools are doing with white kids. They are not doing nearly as good with white kids, period, as they should be, and in some states, you're talking about like the achievement gap, but like, 50 to 40% of the white kids aren't reading either. I don't wanna name the states and call them out because some of y'all might be Minnesota. from there, other, right? It's not Minnesota, no, we can read in Minnesota. Okay, wait, come on now, stop it, just stop, right? Um, but I, I just wanted, on it. I know you wanna jump in on this, I just wanted to honor that because I really do think that there's power in a multiracial movement for number one. I think there's power in telling the truth. White kids are not doing as good as everybody thinks, and they are kids, and they're all of our kids too, by the way, um, um, these, are, these are Americans' children. And and the idea that there are a million ways to marginalize kids is not a point that enough people are making, right? Mm-hmm. There, there, are, there, there is a suicide problem in all, every color of school, right? There is a uh, bulimia problem and uh, anorexia problem in every kind of school, a depression problem in every kind of school. Um, so let's not forget about, I, I like your point, let's not forget about, about uh, the other kids that we marginalize to.
1: So I appreciate the question, I think. Um, I think, with some good points brought up, um, and I'm gonna just be frank. I disagree. Um, I think that uh, I, I, I represent Black kids, and um, and I think that all, I think there's a lot of marginalized folks, and I think that that is is so dope that the people that's running this organization is Latino, right? Like I will be an ally in it, right? But I unapologetically am here on behalf of Black kids because for so long there were people that did not show up for us, right? And so. That doesn't that doesn't take anything away from what you said. I think that that means that you start something, though, and you have it, and we show up as allies in that space, and we be there with you. But what I what I don't do and, what I, and, and, and the privilege that I have from being on this stage and having some type of platform is I'm not going to water down and talk about black and brown kids when it was something that was supposed to be targeted at black and brown kids, right? But you brought up some really good points. There are a lot of folks. I did live in Kentucky, and it's really bad for poor white kids there. I understand that. But I can't all lives matter this thing because then that allows for everybody to come in and poke in those places, right? But you are dealing with something that's very personal and that's very real, right? And I think that it's like, hey, what I would be doing is how do I build uh, the allyship and, and, and the friends here so I can go start this for that community, right? And then we do our thing here, you do your thing here, you do your thing here, and then we come together with all these different types of representatives, right? Um, I think that that's really important, but I think it was very important for me to say that in a room because oftentimes when black and brown people get some momentum on stuff, it does get a little bit of castigated. It does get a little watered down. And then we have to then think about everybody. But for so long, for decades, for centuries, people wasn't thinking about us. And so, um, and I just, and I'll take whatever comes with that. I'll take whatever heat that is, uh, but I stand in it and I, and I believe that.
0: So. Um, mm. So, oh, that just moving down. away from the angry. No,
3: I, I appreciate on, what she
1: right. said. I,
3: I appreciate on, what she said. Right.
2: Yeah. I, I want to say that this table okay. coming for Ray.
0: <laughs>
2: Get him afterwards, right? I want to yeah. I want to add something. One, you know, as a as a mother, I respect what you're what you're saying, right? Yeah. Like a mother and her child and advocacy and all of that. I, I think what I'm also want to make sure that we're highlighting this context. One, we started off, you know, talking about Fred Hampton and the Rainbow Coalition. Right, we talked about, you know, my mother was in the Black Panther Party. There, a lot of people don't know, there was a White Panther Party, right? There were the brown berets, right? Like they were pushing for the issues that touched them. Mm -hmm. So I would say start a White Panther Party for like the family as you're doing, right? Like you're doing that. But I would say like, you know, there's also space for you to be here as a ally co-conspirator and, and not say, hey, what about this? I will be the first to acknowledge America doesn't love kids, period. That's right. Right? That's right. They don't love your kids, they That's don't love right. our kids, right? right. We saw in Especially Sandy, if that kid is disabled. We we saw in Sandy we saw it in the Sandy Hook. When they didn't pass any gun legislation after Sandy Hook, after their children got mowed down. Then I knew right there I was like you know what well, the rest of you. us yeah. like there's <laughs> no
0: hope right like they so so just this no, is my mother- because no, I'm, I'm trying to run for office hold up <laughs> so, <laughs> run for office let him, <laughs>
1: let him finish his point, this point because this is this is it's a personal piece go ahead man
3: yeah
2: I will not write the, you the a the piece check. that I would say like <laughs> and when we talk about like you know that kind of that kind of situation happening to children right and people still like oh no well you know we're not going to do anything and I'm a gun owner right like I'm not saying. I'm not anti-gun. I'm saying I own guns, oh. right? And Plural? I believe that there could be things to be Plural? done to protect kids, right? Shut <laughs> up. i might not to run for office. Right? Right. like
5: that. Right. But
2: the other thing I want to just really push out, and it goes back to what uh, Cole uh, just mentioned, Dr. Cole. You can just um, say Cole. My children suffer, but it's not because of the skin, of their color of their skin. Right. Right, like it doesn't mean that, you know, so when we talk about like racism and how embedded it is in these systems, it doesn't mean that the white children have it perfect. It means that their struggle is not tied to their race. Right,
0: right, right. That's the piece I think is really important. Yeah. All right, so we're closing up. Mm-hmm. We want everybody to send out one tweet. So we're trying to get however many people that are in here to send out the same tweet. Phones out. Phones out. We
3: got the phones. So the tweet is, did y'all pay Boost Mobile this month? No.
0: <laughs> Not going to do that. First of all, you I pay just, your Boost, did you pay your Boost Mobile bill. So no. all right. The one tweet you is, we don't work for you, we work for our kids with the hashtag Parent Power 2020. So again, we don't work for you. We work for our kids. Hashtag #ParentPower2020. Yeah. Yeah, we're good, you know. got right. it. One more time for the people in the back. Yeah. We don't work for you. Did you we tell work them to tag for us, our brother? Huh? Did you have him tag us, brother? And tag eight black eight hands one. There you go. Brother. There it is. <laughs> there you guy.
1: go. Um, All right. And I, good job, Ray. I, I just appreciate that. I know we about to close out, man. Um, just in the spirit of that, though, if anybody here is starting that movement and needs, like, I will show up in, in a space where the space ain't mine, meaning it's not black. I'll show up as an ally, co-conspirator, however you need me to. Um, I just wanted to, like, say that, right? Because I do think folks should be germinating in this room and it should spawn a bunch of other things. But. But, uh, but yeah, I, um, I just wanted to say that. So if y'all if y'all get that thing going, and you need me there as a as a co-conspirator, ally, I I, I I would definitely be there. Um, but right, I love black kids and, uh, so. huh? We're doing it. Okay. Yeah. That's what's up. Awesome.
3: All right. So we gonna if she close wants out, right? Invite, then I'll come. So we're closing out. We um, actually, I wanna I wanna finish where I started, which is by acknowledging that that women did this, mm-hmm. um, and y'all deserve every accolade that you could possibly get for it. Uh I see somebody saying that I was part of it too. I know I got you. I got you, right? Um but I do want to say to I do want to say to Carrie and Alma a very very special um thank you. I, I could not love you more for the work and the time and the de- dedication that you put into this and bringing up this is a beautiful thing that you have done. You should be very proud of yourself. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All.
0: Thank you, guys. You have been listening to the A Black Hands podcast. With Ankrum, Cole, El and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackCans1. Thank you for listening.